Hi, I'm Reverend Carol Saunders, host of The Spiritual Forum. I'm here with a lot of interesting people who gather each week to be an inquiry and dialogue on living the spiritual life. We're all on the spiritual path, growing in our understanding of ourselves and others, and moving from being complainers to being empowered to simply being. We know that we can't change the world unless we change ourselves. Welcome to the forum. Welcome everyone to the Spiritual Forum. We're so glad you're here. I have such an interesting person with me today. Her name is Surve Barrios, and she is the founder of the Mayan Project. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Sulve um, comes from Guatemala, and she was lucky to be born in a line of Mayan spiritual leaders. Her life's been a journey of discovering the deep knowledge and wisdom of one of the most ancient and enlightened civilizations of the world, introduced to her by her father, Carlos Barrios. Carlos was a re renowned Mayan elder and author who traveled the world sharing Mayan wisdom. He taught Sulve everything she knows and introduced her to some of the most incredible Mayan spiritual leaders in the indigenous communities. Sulve founded the Mayan Wisdom Project to create a bridge between Mayan wisdom and the rest of humanity and a platform for sharing the incredible indigenous spiritual healing technologies known to the Mayans. Welcome, Sulve. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I am really super happy and honored to be here sharing this space with you. <laughs> yeah, I am really interested in learning more about you and more about your wisdom project. And I know that um, my listeners are used to kind of hearing about one's spiritual experience and experience of the divine. And so we're going to be talking about that uh, before we kind of get into your the work that you do. Um, so I, I, I found this quote, or you gave me this quote, and I'm going to say it. Um, my whole life has been a journey of discovering the deep knowledge and wisdom of one of the most ancient and enlightened civilizations of the world. So I'd really love for you to tell me about, like, what has your life been like uh, being a, a daughter of, of the Mayans? And, you know, what, what has your path been like? Because it's so unique. I mean, the rest of us are just kind of basic people, and we know about the Mayans. And, you know, we heard all about the Mayan calendar and what that all meant and everything, but it's really distant for us, but you've been immersed in it and, and you've been born in it. So tell me a little bit about what your life has been like. Yeah, it's been quite unique for sure, <laughs> because it's not so common to be born into, you know, a civilization such as the Mayan civilization. And I feel like I am very, so very blessed and so lucky really to have been born as the daughter of my dad because i feel like so many people spend their whole lifetime on this journey of trying to discover this deep meaning and uh, you know not only spiritually but mentally physically emotionally materially in every area of life just trying to create well-being and 
Mayan wisdom is so absolutely holistic. They not only do cover all of those things in their practices, but those things are considered to be essential and they're considered to be one. They're not considered to be separate from each other. And just having that guidance since I was a little kid of, you know, just having that understanding and feeling like that is just a very obvious thing. It was only until I became like a teenager that I realized that all of those things are not obvious for everyone else. And I feel like that was such a big blessing because it was just like this guideline for my life. And um, it's especially interesting because I spent most of my childhood traveling around Guatemala, uh, which is one of the main countries where the Mayans were and are centered. It's all of Mesoamerica, the south of Mexico, all of Guatemala and the north of Honduras. And so I was just so lucky to be able to travel uh, around Guatemala and to share uh, all of those practices with people from indigenous communities there. And I had the opportunity to meet so many interesting teachers who have taught me so much. Currently, they're still my teachers, actually, and they're working with us in the Mayan Wisdom Project. And just to see that there is a way of living that is so deep. And I, I, I feel like all of those things that in the Western world were starting to try to discover, if we would just turn around and look at ancient cultures, we would realize that all of those things have already been discovered and practiced for thousands of years. And sadly, they were oppressed and not really talked about, but they're there. And they're there for the, you know, the spiritual leaders, they mainly want to share that. It's not like they're trying to keep it secretly for themselves or anything like that. So the information is just out there. And it's not just the Mayans. I think all ancient civilizations, they got it in a sense. And so just being able to have that understanding and to see it so clearly, but also to have that bridge between the Mayan world and the Western world. Um, I was telling you before we started the podcast that my mom is Norwegian. And so I have this, you know, really mixed heritage that just gives me this two different, completely different life perspectives. And to be able to just put it together and understand why perhaps for indigenous people, it is so easy to understand these things because they're born and raised uh, practicing that, while for Western people, it's a little bit harder to understand it. And something that one of my teachers, her name is Nana Galixta, uh, told me recently, and I find it so beautiful, is she told me, you know, Sulvais, sometimes you are too westernized because sometimes when you ask me questions you want a, for your mind to understand the answers you want this step-by-step -step explanation one by one a b c d sort of thing where your mind will be able to understand the answers and she's like but if you continue to do that you will never understand all of the answers because not all of the answers to the things in life can be understood only by the mind. There are other parts of you that you have to be able to activate and understand through your spirit, understand through your emotions, understand through your heart. Not everything can be explained, you know, just with words. And so 
the sooner you detach from that, the sooner you'll get the answer that you're looking for. And I thought, okay, I think <laughs> that's what a lot of us are trying to do, right? And so to just understand how beautiful and holistic it is and that perfect convergence between science and spirituality for the Mayan science and spirituality is the exact same thing, to be honest with you. It, Science is the understanding of the universe and spirituality is just a way in which you put the understanding of the universe into practice. So they're highly connected and just being able to see that, experience that, and then go out into the world and travel and see that, oh, okay, <laughs> this is obviously not a thing. Almost no one actually gets this. It's been so interesting. And so that made me passionate to, you know, perhaps try to be able to share that with the world. Yeah, it's almost like your lineage being indigenous and also Western is, has given you this unique platform to be the bridge. So can you, if you, um, could you describe briefly what, what Mayan wisdom encapsulates? I mean, what, what would you, if you had like an elevator speech or you had <laughs> to explain to somebody, this is what Mayan wisdom is, what would you say? Yes. So, okay. Basically, the Mayans are a really old civilization. They're thousands of years old. And thousands of years ago, the Mayans were starting to ask themselves and investigate and research the questions that we're asking ourselves right now, those big, big questions about life, the universe, reality, uh, meaning, the mind, the body. And they did find the answers. A lot of the things that we're starting to see in modern day society understand through modern science, like let's say through quantum physics and neuroscience and epigenetics and all of this relatively new sciences, the Mayans understood a really long time ago. And not only did they understand them, but they started to put them into practice. The main understanding that the Mayans had is that we live in a state that is called Nacht. And Nacht translates to the big illusion. And so what does that mean? <laughs> so basically, the Mayans say that we live in an illusion which was created by the human beings who exist, existed, and will exist. We also don't believe in linear time, by the way. But, but yeah, so what does that mean that everything is an illusion, let's say? So basically, because they understood, you know, all of these things about the universe, they noticed a few really basic concepts that I think all of us already understand. For example, that the universe is energy and vibration. Everything in the universe is just energy and vibration. They were excellent neuroscientists. And so one of the main things that they noticed is that the human brain is not actually capable of perceiving all of reality. As a matter of fact, the amount of reality we perceive is so small, it doesn't even account for 1% of what all of reality actually is. And that's because our brain adapts uh, to make it actually more comfortable for us to interact with this reality. So it's even a positive thing. But really, a reality as we perceive it is structured by 
human beings collectively as a society and individually we have a perception of reality they also notice that we perceive reality very differently than other living beings do like animals perceive reality completely different than we do and so for them that meant okay then that means that reality we perceive is not the ultimate true reality meaning this thing that we are experiencing is an illusion and if that is so then how can we measure that illusion as in order to be able to not only learn more about this illusion but also to learn how to interact better with it to perhaps control it change it manage it work with it and so what they did is they created a set of different calendars that helped them understood uh, all of our reality. We have a solar calendar, a lunar calendar. We have an agricultural calendar. We have calendars that measure the transit of different planets and how those affect us. We have a calendar that measures what's going on in the galaxy at all time and how that affects us. So the calendars are very, very deep. Still, the most important calendar uh, of all of the calendars for the Mayans is called the Cholquich calendar. And we like to call the Cholquich the sacred calendar of life. Why? Because all of the calendars have a purpose. They have something that they measure and the Cholquich measures life. So what does that mean to measure life? Well, basically it, it measures the energies that create the illusion in which we live. So that illusion I was talking about, it can actually be measured. And it's made up of 10 energies that come from the cosmos, 10 energies that come from the telluric current of the earth. Those converge together to create 20 main energies, which each have 13 different manifestations. 20 times 13 is 260. Those are the energies that create our reality. And in, by understanding those energies which manifest in everything that exists, not only can we understand ourselves better, but we can understand how we interact with all of the other energies which are around us so that we can start to change that, so that we can start to kind of become the creators of our personal reality. That's just one of the things that Mayans understood. This is something that we still practice nowadays. Actually, what I just described is the basis of, you know, introduction to what we do in the Mayan geocosmovision. That's nothing. The Mayans, as you know, were incredible architects, astronomers, mathematicians. They were amazing doctors. They performed surgery without the need to open up the human body. As I explained, they were amazing neuroscientists. They understood, I mean, they understood not only the galaxy, they understood the universe. There's actually a Mayan name that's a very ancient name, that's the name for the entire universe. And it describes the shape of the universe. Hun means one, Ra means foot, and Kan means snake, the one foot snake. Meaning the universe is shaped like a, uh, like a macro spiral, like a snake-like spiral. Science proved this, the universe looks like a macro arm. So imagine thousands of years ago, and they were describing the shape of the universe. They were understanding everything uh, you know, that exists in nature, in the earth understanding psychology, the emotions, uh, how to master your mind, uh, you know, neuroplasticity, all of these super interesting things that now are becoming very fashionable. But for the Mayans, not only is that something they were practicing a really long time ago, 
those are the basics. And so, so yeah, there's really, truly nothing that they didn't understand. But for them, what they did was they observed things and they asked themselves the important questions. They found the answer to those questions their calendars they have we have the most mathematically accurate calendar in the history of all of humanity um as well as mayan mathematics are only now we're starting to be able to figure them out thanks to quantum computers because the operations are so deep and complex the human mind you know it's it's really really hard to understand them but a lot of people ask, so why did they go so deep in understanding all of the science and understanding the universe and understanding all of these big things? The Mayans believe there's absolutely no point on understanding the universe if that's not going to help you understand yourself. There's also no point on understanding yourself if that's not going to help you understand the universe. So for them, understanding all of the sciences, it, their architecture, which is connected to um, uh, all of the astronomical events are reflected in the in the pyramids, fun fact, so that everyone, not just the ones who understand it, but everyone in society can keep track of what's happening when. And uh, all of these things, just so that we can understand what our place is in the universe and how we can make use of that to to heal ourselves, to grow, to evolve, to improve in our lives individually and collectively as a society. That's more or less who the Mayans are. That's more or less what they did, a summarized version of it. <laughs> so there's a lot. I think there's a lot we can talk about. There's about 10 different directions I could go with that. I'm um, First, I want to ask you about the big illusion. So are... Are we trying to understand the the illusion? Are we trying to break free from the illusion? Are we trying to see beyond the illusion? Um, are, are we satisfied with the 1%? Are we supposed to get to 100%? Or is the illusion supposed to just kind of fade away once we you know, fully understand ourselves? We're supposed to understand that we are the creators of our personal illusion. And... That is the point of the of the big illusion is, yes, reality is an illusion, uh, like my dad used to say, however, is a very well structured illusion. It has shape, it has mass, it has volume, it has colors and sounds and so many things that we can interact with. It's an illusion. But if you try to, you know, cross the wall, you're still going to hit your head and there is no way around that. It's a very deep illusion that is so easy to immerse yourself in. And, but the, the reasons the Mayans created that Cholkih calendar that I was describing with the measurement of all of the energies of that illusion is because we're all made out of energy. You're energy, I'm energy, everything is energy. Um, and so by understanding, and this is a very specific science, understanding your energy, um, you can start to learn how to change your energy so that you can start to vibrate better so that you can begin to perceive the illusion in the way in which you want to perceive the illusion so that you can start to interact with that illusion in the way in which you want to interact with that illusion. So everyone has a personal energy based on the Turkey calendar. You have it, I have it. 
And that energy is surrounded by a set of different energies that affect every single one of us in different ways. For example, there's an energy, there's a specific energy which represents your relationship with your mom, a specific energy which represents your relationship with your dad, a specific energy that represents um, your emotional and spiritual side, physical and material side, your mind, the biggest challenges that you'll have in your life, the purpose and mission of your life, uh, where you come from, where you are, where you're going. Not because everything is predestined, but the thing is the Mayans believe that if you don't become the creator of your personal reality, then everything is actually predestined because then your environment controls what happens with you. And because you already have an energy, there's kind of like a science to understanding that energy gives you tendencies to how you're going to behave in your life, how you're going to act in your life, what type of personality you're going to have in your life. And if you don't learn how to master that energy, then you're going to behave according to what's happening in your environment and what's happening around you. Once you learn about your energy, once you learn how to control your energy and how to master your energy, then you can choose then it's like a choice. But it is a choice that comes with responsibility. And a very famous quote is um, from my dad, is the spirituality of nowadays has a name and that name is action. So when it comes to Mayan wisdom, it sounds very complex. I mean, I know I gave you this maybe even tangled up explanation of who the Mayans are because it's just so deep. It sounds perhaps even overwhelming because it's like, yeah, how are we going to understand all of those things? But actually, all of those things in truth are very simple. Becoming the creator of your personal reality is simple. Healing is simple. Growing is simple. Getting whatever it is you want to get in your life is simple. Now, I'm saying simple. I'm not saying easy. Simple is not to be confused with easy, by the way. Uh, because it's simplicity for the Mayans means action. There is a, a very important distinction. The Mayans say that everything is connected to knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is all of the theory, is all of the things that you can learn from books, is all of the things that you can learn from teachers, from guides, it's all of the things that you can read uh, about and and put in your brain, let's say. But wisdom is the ability to take all of that knowledge that you have and actually put it into action. And uh, the Mayans, you know, basically everything surrounds that. The understanding of the cosmos, the understanding of the mind, the understanding of the emotions, the understanding of the spirit, the understanding of all of those things, those are just tools. But ultimately, it all comes down to, to, to taking action. So the Mayans say it's kind of like exercise, right? If you want to get really fit and healthy, I think everyone in the world knows what it is you have to do. You have to exercise and you have to eat healthy food. And there is no way around that. Now, I could buy a bunch of books about nutrition and I can go on YouTube and look for videos from the best personal trainers in the world and learn about the best workouts that are going to make me strong and healthy. But I could do that for one year and I could read my books and watch my videos. But if I'm doing that while sitting in my couch, 
and eating junk food and drinking and smoking cigarettes every day, my body, my physical body, I mean, does not care one bit how much knowledge I have on nutrition or how much knowledge I have on exercise. My physical body only cares if I go for the run, if I go to the gym, if I eat the nuts, the seeds, the fruits, the vegetables. The thing is, people get a little bit confused because with exercise, that's obvious. You cannot lie to yourself about, yes, I went for a run today. If you didn't go, you didn't go. And that's, you know, you can't really lie to yourself about it. But what we've noticed is when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to psychology, when it comes to the emotions, people sometimes do get confused. Sometimes people think reading about it or learning about it, learning about how to heal is the same as healing. Or, or, watch, no, or watching a show about it. <laughs> yeah, watching a show about it or having all of this, you know, mental library of information on healing and growth and evolution is the same thing as doing it. And it is it is not. It's exactly in the same way your physical body doesn't care unless you actually exercise. Your mental body, your emotional body, your spiritual body also doesn't care how much you know about it. Unless you do it, it's not working. And so you're very limitless, but things are very simple. All you have to do is you have to take action. What the Mayans were really good at was not only understanding that you have to actually take action, but at creating tools that can help you get through space and time faster, better, and easier. Meaning instead of having to take 10 years, you know, to go through this one journey just so I can heal this one fear or so that I can learn this one skill or so that I can improve my mind in this way, I can do it in a few months. Not meaning that there's not things that don't take a long time. Everything is a constant journey of progress and growth and evolution and that lasts a lifetime. There's not a one month journey and then you'll be happy forever, of course. But the Mayans were just really good at optim optimizing uh, any journey, not only the mental, not only the emotional, not only the physical, not only the spiritual, but any journey. And that's why they were able to so quickly and easily develop, you know, the most mathematically accurate and deep uh, and correct calendars in the world. That's why they were able to understand the entire universe, because before they were done with asking themselves the simple questions, they were already uh, asking themselves about the universe and putting it into action so that they could figure it out. And then that holistic view of all things is just so magnificently beautiful and it's simple. All you have to do is take action. And if you take action, the tools are out there. And we believe that, oh, and let me mention one more thing because I feel like this is very important because we're talking about the Mayans. And sadly, the Mayans became really famous for a really wrong thing in 2012. Um, which is the whole end of the world. I was going to ask about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to ask about that. <laughs> and uh, uh, I cannot express this enough. We never, ever, ever said that. That was There was a guy called Arueyes, and let me tell you something. 2012 was actually a very important date in, in the Mayan world. It was, the Mayans are very cyclical. There's, we measure cycles of one day, 13 days, 20 days, 365 days, 
400 years, 5,200 years, and so on. And every single one of those cycles has an energy, and that's how we make predictions, by understanding cycles. And so, basically, the 2012 was supposed to mark the end of a cycle, which is called the Vaktun, which is a cycle of 5,200 years, and the beginning of a new cycle of 5,200 years. Not the end of the world, the end and beginning of a cycle. Before 2012, uh, before the 13th Vaktun, 2012, we call it the 13th Vaktun, the Mayans were not really allowed to share their wisdom and their knowledge, their very deep wisdom and knowledge. Why? Because there were these eight teachers which are very, who are very famous in the Mayan world. They're called the Valamev, and it's four men and four women. And it's, it is said, and it's, it's also said in the sacred book of the books of the Mayans, uh, that around 600 years ago, Balam Kitze, one of the Balamevs, told the Mayan people, okay, like something is about to happen right now. And for the next, for the next cycle, you are not allowed to share your wisdom. You're not allowed to share anything. You're allowed to use your wisdom to heal people, but you're not allowed to explain them how you're healing them. Or you're allowed to, you know, do the practices, but you're not allowed to share, you know, with any outsiders, let's say, what, you know, how you're actually doing these things. But uh, after the 21st of December of 2012, you are. After, after that, you're actually allowed to share everything. Why? Because we're entering a new cycle and then people are actually ready. If you give it to them before they're ready, they'll misuse it. If you give it to them after they're ready, then they'll actually not only use it, but need it. And so what ended up happening is that no one was, no one who was an authentic Mayan spiritual leader was sharing Mayan wisdom with the world. And there was a man, and his name was Arawais, and he was not Mayan. And he learned a couple of things here and there, and then he became super famous. And he created his own spirituality, which is a fusion of many different things, not only Mayan, but different cultures. And we're not saying it's wrong, it's just not Mayan, but sadly, he called it Mayan. And the Council of Guatemala of Mayan elders called him several times to ask him to, you know, don't call yourself Mayan, please. But, you know, it didn't work. And he's the one who said the whole 2012 thing. And that just blew way out of proportion. And it became super famous. And we tried to kind of, you know, say, no, this is not true. But, you know, no one listened. But it's like if you'd like, identity I theft. Can, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you'd like, I can actually share what did happen in 2012, because it's highly important yeah. for everyone in the world, because it, it is actually a very big shift in energy. So the Mayans say that humanity has had five important cycles. Those cycles are called a how. So right now we're in the fifth how. A how it's the cycle of the fifth sun, the one we started in 2012. We call it the cycle of the fifth sun. Every single one of those cycles was supposed to teach something to humanity that supports our evolution. So, for example, in the first cycle, we were learning how to use fire, which was obviously 
something that was that helped humanity develop at such a high level. Without fire, we wouldn't be where we're at right now. In the other cycles, we learn how to develop through agriculture, like not being nomads, for example, and actually learning how to agriculture, we can stay in one place and, you know, build a society, a civilization and start to put focus on other things. Um, the next cycle, and that's the one where the Mayans say we got a little bit too stuck, was the third cycle. And the third cycle is the one where we were supposed to learn science. And when we were supposed to learn the mind and the reasoning and the use of the mind. This cycle brought with it a lot of great things like fine art and science and asking yourself those questions, you know, about the universe and all of those great scientists kind of, you know, showed up in that in that third cycle. And then the Mayans say that sadly, humanity fell in love with the third cycle a little too much. And we never, we kind of failed uh, at you know, going to the next level, because even though that was really important, it was supposed to be just a stepping stone for us to go into the next step in our evolution, which was the fourth cycle, which was the one who ju which just finished in 2012. In the fourth cycle, what we were supposed to learn, and some did learn this, but the majority didn't want to let go of the, you know, third cycle, um, was that we could learn that it, there's actually space and time is not supposed to be such a strong barrier and that we are actually connect we're energy and everything else in the universe is energy and we can actually attract the things that we want so as we walk towards the things we want instead of us just walking towards them we can also get them to walk towards us you know kind of like law of attraction that that sort of thing you know so just like if you put out a vibration then the universe also reacts to that vibration you're putting out by you know giving you back more of that that's what we were supposed to learn in the fourth cycle that's where we got a little bit stuck as a society and then 2012 it marks the fifth cycle each one of the cycles was represented by either feminine or masculine energy and by one of the four elements there was a cycle of fire of the wind of the earth of the water. 2012, though, is the cycle that is marked by the fifth element, which is ether. And so ether is the, is the element that's supposed to carry us through this cycle. But the other thing is we're not no longer carried by either feminine or masculine energy. We're carried by both feminine and masculine energy, like at the exact same level. And what that brings to us is a very deep understanding, which is the understanding that we are the creators of our personal reality. Is there no law attracting things anymore, but creating? It's the cycle in which we're supposed to understand not only, yes, we are the creation, but we are also the creators. And not just some of us are the creators, all of us are the creators because, you know, saying I'm the creator, it doesn't mean only me, only I am the creator. No, it's the understanding that actually we are all the creators because we are all one. And the illusion of separation from us and nature and the universe, from us with each other is supposed to break. 
the you know that big illusion that I was talking about before is supposed to break a little bit so that we can start to understand that the illusion is nothing but an illusion and reality is very different and actually when we understand that reality not only can we break free from the illusion but we can actually begin to master the illusion now of course like any change the cycles when they begin they bring a lot of change because any change can be like a little bit difficult to navigate so the first 13 years of the cycle from 2012 until 2025 are meant to be very chaotic uh, because we're going through this period of like awakening actually that's the prediction for the cycle is just people are supposed to awaken and uh you know, because people are awakening before awakening, we have to face, you know, all of that bad side that we had before so that we can leave it behind. And that's not that much fun, as you can imagine. And but not only individually do we have to face that and that brings a lot of craziness, but also as a society right now, we're in a period in which we're supposed to be facing a all as a society, all of the things that we've done so that we can leave them behind, transmute them and have that like sort of rebirth moment in which we can, you know, as a society as well, awaken. So that's what the real 2012 is supposed to bring. Okay. Okay. So um, the question I was going to have is all of the craziness we're in now, and, and we are in a very crazy time right now, I think. Just, there's a lot of things that seem... Um, you know, it's almost like there's a lot of upside downness about what's going on with with COVID and with all these lockdowns and with this all this government control and all that kind of stuff. Are you seeing that as really part of our awakening? That this is part of of our facing ourselves so that we can um, truly see the illusion. And, and allow that opening a little bit to see reality. Are, are you seeing that that's what's happening now? Yes, that's what's happening now. So some of the predictions, for example, for, for this period of 13 years are a, in the Mayan world from one to 13 is supposed to represent childhood. And so what's supposed to represent us as a society and the cycle is childlike behavior. <laughs> and so it is actually a prediction that all of the politicians of the world will be acting very childlike. We'll have a lot of leaders who are very like childlike, <laughs> which, you know, I think I, <laughs> that explains itself. And uh, but also <laughs> so. It's not, it's not just that, it's a lot of a, we're also in a cycle of a lot of like rebellion or like people, you know, standing up protests. And I mean, it's really interesting. There's like on the record interviews of my dad and other spiritual leaders talking about that, you know, 30 years ago or 20 years ago, like before any of this was happening. This was just like, I've been hearing about this since, since you know, since I'm a kid. And um, basically it's, you know, politically, everything's supposed to like collapse a little bit. As a society, people just like protest and just all over the world. But we actually haven't gotten to maybe the most severe part of it because it's like we're faced with the consequences of all of the things we have done. And, you know, the Mayans 
don't even talk so much or don't give that much importance to some of the little things that are happening right now. The thing they give the most important to, the, the most importance to, the thing they consider, and since before we entered the cycle that they were just warning people and trying to get people to become more conscious of it, is the earth and especially water. And that we haven't gotten to yet. And so the prediction is that by 2025, we're going to be having severe problems with water, access to water, like access to clean water, um, especially, you know, in big cities and all of that, you know, where, where water is less easily accessible because, uh, so which is why my dad always told everyone buy land with water. That's always a good thing to do with like natural sources of water. It, why? Because this is the time in which, and that's something that Balamkitsa, one of the Balamev said as well, uh, like around 600 years ago, he said, you know, all of the cycle that's coming right now is a cycle of very strong, like destruction of our mother earth. And he said, but you know, like, you know, you're supposed to protect the earth. And as a matter of fact, indigenous peoples, like all together, protect more than 80% of the natural environment of the earth. We are, you know, destroying it, but it, that's so absolutely terrible. And we were supposed to understand the teachings of one of the race of creation, which is called Rashka Kulham. It's supposed to mean the green ray, and it's what represents everything that is green, the trees, the forests, the lakes, the oceans, the, the animals. And we're supposed to understand at this time that every time we describe the ray of creation, uh, that's called Rashka Kulha, um, a lot of the times we notice that when we talk about, yeah, that's the ray that represents the green, the nature, people see that as separate from them. They're like, yeah, that's the, the ray of creation that's green but I don't belong into that. We don't consider ourselves a part of nature, even though we are. And if you actually stop and look at the flow of nature, you will realize that in modern day society, we're going absolutely against the natural flow of nature, but we are part of nature. That's almost as if we were going against ourselves. This is not serious only because we're destroying our planet and it'll destroy us back if we keep doing what we're doing. It is serious because our connection with nature is essential for our psychological, spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being as well. The Mayans don't see the need to have a special connection with nature just so that the you know just so that there's no global warming sort of thing. No, they've been doing this for thousands of years, because there's a deeper, bigger importance on honoring, respecting, and having that connection with nature. And that's the most serious prediction for this cycle that we're starting to enter right now, is all of the chaos that's going to start happening with nature. We sadly, I think this last couple of years are starting to see it, but it hasn't even reached its, its peak, let's say. And even though it's not only going to be water, water is one that, you know, we get warned about a lot, like the taking care of water and just honoring water and respecting water, because without water, I think I don't have to explain what happens if we have no water, if we destroy our water, then we destroy our life. So that's sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I have I have alluded to this over the last year and a half. I f- I feel like we are moving into a major transition, uh, humanity, and I know the Earth will go through her cycles. I think she's going to be fine. <laughs> it's a question of us and and our relationship and who we become. Now, right now, I think we're at a really interesting juncture because there's a whole part of, uh, let's just say, let's put it this way, there's a lot of powerful people with a lot of money that are envisioning and kind of pushing the world to this kind of technocratic um, AI and mechanical and, you know, fusing fusing um, man and machine, I think, ultimately, and and go, go, going that direction. And I've always, I've, I've been feeling like there's, we're at this juncture, like that's, that's one possible scenario that we could f- fall into or allow ourselves to fall into. And that the divine, though, would be calling us back to the center, back to our, our earth connection, our connection, our body connection, you know, getting our souls back in our bodies and connecting to the earth and all of the relationships with the animals and the plants and so much, so much that Western, the world doesn't even have the foggiest idea how to go about doing. Do you see that? Do you see that juncture also? Yes. But, you know, um, it's, well, it's, it's really sad in the sense that it is absolutely unnecessary. Uh, you know, the things that we're doing with technology, that's not technology. Uh, the thing that we call technology, that's not really what technology is supposed to be like. Although, yes, it's really interesting. I mean, I think we can all find it very interesting and you know, innovation is always something that can be really exciting. Sadly, human nature, you know, it would be very utopic that <laughs> there is not a bad case scenario. I think we can see through history that every time something new pops up, we don't give it necessarily the best use that we could give it. But it's, it's, that's part of, and that's why I, what I mean, we're going against the fifth cycle and we will not be able to pull that off. We'll not be able to pull off going against the fifth cycle because everything in the world, everything in the universe, everything in this reality is ruled by cycles and the energy of the cycle is, you know, stronger than us. And when we go against the cycle, it's like, Again, like we're going against ourselves by going against nature. You know, look at what's happening right now. We're having to pay back for the things that we're doing to nature. In that same way, what I was describing before as the Hova How or the fifth sun, the cycle in which we understand that we are the creators of our personal reality and we can actually become the creators of our personal reality, that's technology and so it's very interesting because you can see that we're trying to achieve the exact same thing that we would be able to naturally achieve without the need for machines because we're still so stuck right, on the right. third cycle that we're trying to fill in that I energy was say, i'm seeing that yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm seeing that same thing that that all of that uh technocracy and all of the ai and all of the self-driving cars all the stuff all of that is stuck in the third cycle 
Exactly. It's, it's trying to master master the world or the illusion through that science, but it's not moving forward. It's like a regression. Exactly. And so we're actually trying to, we're flowing with that energy because you can see that people are starting to get really interested in, in, in achieving all of these things, which because that's the energy that's vibrating right now in this cycle, the energy of achieving these things that were unimaginable before. That's the energy of the cycle of just, you know, not only being like here in the earth, but connecting to the cosmic and mastering, you know, like space and our knowledge of the galaxy and how can we connect with that more and how can we, you know, achieve all of these great things become as powerful as, you know, like robots, like in a sense. And so you can see that we're naturally following that, but we're doing it by trying to have the old ways, the ways of the third cycle, which we never overcame, sadly. And so we're not going to be able to do that because this energy also doesn't fully uh, support that, you know, In, and that's why I get that. 2012 is supposed to be like the actual, you know, death and rebirth in the Mayan world. We see it as that. A lot of these big shifts are almost like a death and a rebirth, you know, like leaving everything behind, not bringing anything with you, you know, renewing yourself completely, rebirthing, and then being able to enter this new energy as this new version of you. Of course, your essence is still the same, but your identity is not because you're not really your identity and you're not really what you think. You're not really what you believe in. You're not really your job, you know, your your identity. That's not you. That's part of the big illusion. You are your essence. And so to be able to let go have of that ego, that identity of yours and to actually walk into this cycle a clean, let's say, and in recognition of your power, your divinity, and recognition of who you truly are, which is a question that not enough people ask themselves, who am I? Or when they do, they answer, I'm a doctor, or I'm a nurse, or I'm a lawyer, but that's I'm not mom. <laughs> who you are. Uh, that's your identity. So I feel like a lot of people don't even know the answer to the question, who am I? And so it's the entering this new cycle by being able to give an authentic answer to that question. Because once you're able to give an authentic answer to that question, that means you actually, you know, overcame your identity because now you know who you truly are. And so that's when you can start to recognize, okay, I am the creator. And once you recognize you are the creator, you let go of all those things that are holding you back then you don't need a chip in your brain because your brain can become that powerful on its own. Then you don't need, you know, this technology to support that you achieve this superhuman things because you are already capable of achieving all by yourself without the help of any external source, those superhuman things. That's what we're trying to discover in the cycle. We just have the absolute wrong approach at the time because society is too stuck in, you know, out of the four bodies, which we have the mental body, the physical and material body, the emotional body, and the spiritual body. And the Mayans believe those are to be in absolute balance. If one of those is out of balance, everything in your life is out of balance. And what we've noticed is as a society, there has been such a strong focus in one or two of the bodies, like the physical and material or the mental 
and we have abandoned the other side so hard that how could we not be out of balance if the basis for how we work on ourselves doesn't even include the holistic part of ourselves, which is really the true part of ourselves. The four bodies, yeah, they're four, but truly they're one. It's not that they're these four separate things, it's you. That's you. You are one. And that's what makes you who you are, those four different parts. And so if you work on only half of that, you cannot expect to be at 100% because you're not working on that 100% of you. But they're interrelated. So also they affect each other. So even if you master one, without the other three, even that one cannot Mm -hmm. explode and have its full potential. So that's what we're doing as a society. And that's the problem. Yeah, I see this. I, When I look out into the world and I see kind of the chaos and there's so much emotion and so much headiness and it's it's like I can see the imbalance within individuals and I can see the imbalance within our society and it looks as though, I love this model of the cycles because it looks as though is what we're kind of, our consciousness is kind of bringing to us is, is this... Um, Whatever we're bringing to us, it's going to bring us down to that the I think that we need to get in balance. <laughs> you know that this it sounds like this fifth cycle, this cycle of the ether is is going to be be powerful enough that we're going to have to just kind of surrender a little bit. I think our imbalances and really face ourselves, really face ourselves. And we had this addiction. I think it's an addiction to that third cycle, the addiction yeah. to the science and. <laughs> Yeah, and the mind, and we think that is all. And and the and there are many powers that be that are kind of imposing the next thing. We're doing this next, and we're doing this next. And all the rest of the population is like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to do this next. But we are masters, like you say. And I teach that as well. We are masters. We are not victims. And when we know our divine truth, and, and you talk about it in terms of the balances of the energies, when we know our divine truth, we are amazingly powerful beings. We have everything we need Mm -hmm. to move and have our being in this life, lives to come. And we don't even have any idea. You say 1%, we we have 1% uh, perception of the illusion. Uh, You know, it's kind of like saying we have 7% of our brain capacity or whatever. We have no idea how powerful we are. No idea. (laughs) No. And no idea. But you know, still, that's okay. Even everything that's happening right now, it's actually perfect and it's in mm-hmm. perfect timing and none, none of it is out of place. And mm-hmm. we have to also in the Mayan world, we always try to rem- remind people to remember that duality is not only good, but it's necessary. Without duality, we would not exist. Duality is part of existence. So every yes. ancient culture has its own representation of duality. You know, the yin and yang, the shadow and the light. The, in the Mayan world, we call it the upper world and the underworld. And uh, the underworld is, or we call the underworld shivalva. That's the accurate word, is shivalva. Shivalva is absolutely necessary because without shivalva you cannot go into the light you can it's like okay it's like a star yeah why why can you see the stars because there's a dark background without that dark background they wouldn't be able to shine right so the only reason the stars can shine the only reason we can see their light is because of the darkness the darkness is necessary it's just 
Tata Juan Manuel says that in modern day society, we have the problem that we have, a lot of people have a backwards duality is what he calls it. Tata Juan Manuel, by the way, is one of the teachers we work with. He's my personal teacher as well. And um, he says, you know, we have a lot of people have a backwards duality. If you look at that example I gave you with the stars and with the dark background, then the darkness is actually supporting the light in that order. The You left the darkness behind and now you can shine. But he says, our, our, our duality a lot of times is backwards and we put the light and the darkness at the exact same level. And if the darkness is not in the background, then the light cannot shine. So basically then we have this kind of internal conflict as individuals. Like we have these two sides of ourselves and who are like fighting each other, let's say. And those are natural. We just have them, we just manage them completely wrong. Uh, when when they're natural, they're positive because just like every cycle of nature, if you see there's a day and there's a night, no one hates the night. The night is not bad. The night is necessary. Without the night, you know, like nature wouldn't have its normal natural flow. There's a sun and there's a moon. There's nothing wrong, you know, with the moon. There is light and there is darkness. Those are good things. Why? Because those are all over nature. You'll see representations of duality but they're balanced, they're following their natural cycle, meaning there's nothing wrong with them, there's nothing wrong with the night. Within human beings, that duality is sometimes in balance, and that's what manifests into how we handle our society, into how we interact as a civilization. But truly, the answer is not on the outside, the answer is in the inside, because how can we expect to change a community, to change a country, to change a world, if we haven't even mastered our own duality. How will you master the duality of the world before you can master your own? And so the best thing you can do for this humanity is to master yourself. And then the rest, it, it, it just flows in, it just follows. And then, you know, we can hold each other's hands and, and like walk together. And in the mind world, we say no one left behind, uh, we just, you know, we open our hands and whoever wants to hold them can hold them. Whoever doesn't want to hold them doesn't have to hold them. That's also okay. And in the meantime, we do our own work internally. And then because we have so many practices, we share them because they're for everyone. And that's what Balam Kitsa told us. That's why 2012 is the time to start sharing for the Mayans and for many other ancient cultures. And you might notice the tendency naturally as well that's going on in the world of people trying to go back into the ancient and looking in the ancient traditions and the ancient cultures for answers because 2012, it's already happening. It's not something, you know, in a book that one day is going to happen. That energy, whether we're conscious of it or not, is already happening and we can see it all over our society. And that's why people are, you know, trying to go back to the old because all of these cultures, all of these civilizations, not only the Mayans, by the way, and that's something we recognize, um, mastered all of these understandings already. As I said at the beginning, the information is already there. We don't have to discover it because it's already there. We just have to find it. And it's also not hidden. So it's not even that we have to find it because it's super hidden. We just have to uh, open ourselves up to it. And then, you know, then magic happens.
Uh, beautiful. It, it's you know I'm I'm a unity minister, and there's a lot of synergies between what you're talking about and also what I teach. But I love the Mayan context, and I love all the wisdom that you have. It's 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 really unique, and I think it gives a really great model for. Um, where we are, where we've been, where we're going, and the work we have to do. Ultimately, as you say, they, we have we have control over ourselves. We don't really have control over people, places, and things out there in terms of let, let me change all that. We 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 change what's inside of us, and that ends up manifesting an outer change. We master ourselves, and then we are not uh, victims of the outside world. I have a question for you um, because we're talking about the light and the dark. We're talking about the night and the day and the stars and the background and all of that. In the Mayan tradition, is there uh, is there such a thing as evil, or what would you? How would you look at things like um, child trafficking uh, or you know slavery and some of these things that are just really, really? Um, I, I would say kind of against the 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 freedom and the will of 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 humanity? Yes, that's a good question. No, there is no evil. There's just Shivalva and Shivalva is not a bad place. Um, when we're going through trials of Shivalva, in the Mayan world, we say people are going to their, through their Ukufkakish, that's what we call it. And in Mayan language, and, and just in Guatemala, there's 21 Mayan languages, like different Mayan languages. But in the Mayan language, a you know, sometimes there's a person and that person is acting crazy, right? And so a lot of the adjectives that we would use to describe a person who has issues is, oh, you know, she's crazy or she's evil or she's a bad person or she's a psycho or she's, you know, whatever, you know, this, which have like obviously a bad connotation. Uh, in Mayan, those words don't even, they don't even exist. In Mayan, we say she's going through her ukuvgakish. And sometimes I've, I've had my teacher, you know, warn me sometimes. He's like, oh, we're going to meet this person. Be patient. They're going through their ukuvgakish. <laughs> and that's actually a really common thing to say when, you know, someone, you know, is going through trouble internally. It's like, be patient right. with them. They're going through their ukuvgakish. And so don't let her you know, affect your energy. So on that basis, what that means is there's 13 levels to Shivalva. And those 13 levels, we call them the houses of Shivalva or the underworld. Those houses, which are manifested all over reality, are specifically created to trigger all of the parts of us, which keep us from awakening. We all have the opportunity of awakening and no one is a victim in Shivalva. In Shivalva, there is trials and there are obstacles, but no one ever keeps anyone from walking right out of there. But of course, let's be honest, it's hard. And so, I don't know, just to answer your question, um, you know, my husband and I were watching this documentary on Netflix called Seaspiracy. I think a lot of people watched it. Uh, lately, this seaspiracy documentary about like how the destruction of the ocean and all of those things that are happening. And my husband was like, that's evil. All of those people, you know, they're evil. And yeah, okay, it's true. They're evil. Like there's human slavery. We're killing all of these living beings. We're destroying the planet. We're doing all of this, you know, horrible things. But I told him, imagine 
Imagine you or me or any other normal person. Even though for the case for many people is our parents are not that bad, let's say, uh, but they still have their issues and we still have traumas and we still have fears. And you can be 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 years old. And those things which have happened to you in your life and everyone has you know, difficulties and pain in their life. So you know how hard it is to overcome that. And so I was telling him, imagine you and I come from a normal family and we still have to deal with like this side of us, which is almost, you know, scary in a sense, you know, is that duality of yours. And when you're faced with your, let's call it bad side, uh, you know, maybe you're not that proud of that part of you because that's the part of you who can, you know, who's not true to who you really actually are. That's the part of you who in a fight can say something that you don't mean and hurt someone else with words. Or that's the part of you who can, who sometimes, I don't know, hurts yourself, even physically. You know, there's people who, you know, hurt themselves or put things in their body that are going to hurt them. And we all have problems. And a lot of us though, come from a relatively normal environment with parents who traumatized us, but they're honestly, they're good people, you know, with families (laughs) who kind of hurt us. But, you know, if you look at them, you can see, yeah, okay, well, you know, they're, they're good people, you know, and, and we still have a relatively normal life and still it can take years or decades for us to overcome the fears and the traumas that we do have. Imagine if you actually, one of your parents was actually a narcissistic, psychopathic, not loving person who actually on purpose hurt you your whole life. So, you know, for me, for you, it's still hard to overcome our traumas, but that was, or I don't know, but at least I think that was not the case, yeah, for us. And it still can take so long and it can be so overwhelming and difficult to overcome our own pain. Now imagine for those people who had that that type of life that was so hard and and terrible, but authentically horrible, what type of bad side those people are dealing with? And so that's, those are the people who later sometimes become politicians or owners of (laughs) companies or, you know, like, and not all of them, not all politicians are bad, not all business people are bad. There's, I know a lot of great business owners who are like really great people and are doing great things, you know, so it's not to put everyone in a box because no one really truly fits in a box. But of course, hurt people hurt people is the saying, right? And so it, and that's still unexcusable. But if we think about it from that perspective, at least we can understand that no, you know, they were not as a baby, they were not born with a black heart and thinking, um, as soon as I grow up, I'm going to go kidnap a bunch of kids, you know, that's my life dream and purpose. Yeah. So in essence, in essence, we're all naturally good and we're all one and we also have to accept that those manifestations of human beings are also part of a manifestation of a creation 
a creation of which we are a part of, and it is a representation of that duality. And we're all one with that creation. And so that creation in, in truth is even a part of us, is a manifestation of, of us, not a manifestation of you individually or of me individually, but of us as the oneness which we are. And so the idea is that it, we can say those people are stuck in a really deep ukuvkakish and still that doesn't excuse it because you me them and anyone in the world has the ability to walk right out of shivalva so if you don't want to walk out of shivalva and you're hurting other people and you're saying well it's because you know my heart my life was so hard and i'm so traumatized i, I can't help it. it that's unexcusable because you know i had a hard life and i overcame it you had a hard life and you overcame it and then there's people who had the exact same type of hard life and they didn't overcome it. But what's the difference? There's none. It's a choice. It's the victimization and being a victim or doing bad things or, you know, getting stuck in your ego or in your greed or in excuses or in the I can't or all those things are a part of Shivalva. All of those things are learning. But from, okay, from the third the 3d point of view yes that's evil from a more spiritual and energetic point of view that's duality and in truth duality is perfect if you look at it from the point of view that this is a learning experience for all of us it which does not make it excusable <laughs> i just want to clarify that by the way no i understand but I understand. in essence yeah. no in essence there is no evil but acting evil so acting evil is a choice and it's an unexcusable choice and it's a choice that has its origin in a psychological and emotional source but it's still something that everyone no matter who you are and how hard it is has the opportunity to overcome whether you like whether you are the bad person doing something you can still change it around or whether you're the victim of that bad person who did something to you you can still change it around for yourself. And so, yeah. It gets back to what you started with, the the, uh, the action of wisdom being yeah. an action. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, uh, Sylve, I want to close, but I want to give you the opportunity to uh, tell all of our listeners about the, the wisdom, the Mayan wisdom project that you founded and what they can, what they can do to connect with that and what, what you know? What what is your um, uh, what is the, the the project? What does it promise? What how can people access it? What can people get from it? Yes. So in the Mayan Wisdom Project, again, our mission, and it's not a coincidence, as I was saying, from 2012 and everything, is to actually begin just really truly sharing all of this information with the world. Uh, this is a project I started with my dad before he passed away. And it was, you know, his way of, he was asking me one day, okay, you know, it's time for us to share all of this, but how do we share it really in a big scale? Like, how can we share it with everyone? So I told him, well, obviously technology is the way to go because now we're luckily all connected. And that's one of the positive sides of, of technology is that we can all be connected and we have access to all of this information with just one click. And so that was when the idea was born for the Mayan Wisdom Project. And what we do in the Mayan Wisdom Project is we have something which is called the Mayan Wisdom Academy. 
And the Academy is a membership in which we share two main things, the theory and the practice, or as I explained, the knowledge and the wisdom. It's like 50-50 theory and the other 50 is practice, yeah? And so we do it in four different ways. We have video courses, meditations, practical exercises, and webinars. All of our content is on demand, meaning you can go at your own pace. There's no you know, specific dates for everything except the webinars, those are live because we also like to give people the opportunity to interact and ask questions and just meet the teachers. The teachers, I'm not a teacher, by the way, I'm still learning. And uh, hopefully one day I'll go as far as my teachers, you know, as be as amazing as they are. Um, but the teachers are indigenous spiritual leaders from Guatemala because our goal is to share authentic Mayan wisdom. And uh, so, and they're the true teachers. They come from that really long legacy. Their parents were doing this, their grandparents were doing this, and it's just been passed on from generation to generation until it arrived in their spirit, in their mind. And so it's their heritage and their ancestry. They're amazing, truly. And so what we teach is, you know, the theory, and the theory is a little bit Kind of like what I was explaining, who are the Mayans, their views on the universe and space and time and the illusion and all of those big, interesting things, as well as how we can interact with those things in order to become the creators of our personal reality to master our four bodies. And then on the side, we have the actual actions that you can take, the step-by-step -step practices that you can apply into your life to achieve all of those things. We start with the basics, although as you might have noticed in this podcast, for the Mayans, basic is not that basic, <laughs> to be honest, but still, it is very basic. And then every single month, you unlock new content, and so every single month, we go deeper. We also get more specific, so we start with the general, and then there are some months where we go to, we talk about very specific things, such as herbal and natural medicine and how to use Mayan herbal medicine to heal your stomach or your head or your back or diabetes or different problems that people have. And so, and you know, so not only does it get deeper, it also gets more specific. And actually, uh, we have a 30-day trial for the Academy for only $1. And that's our way of just getting people to join us so that they also have the opportunity before they go all in, let's say, so they also have the opportunity to see if it actually resonates with them and to see how magical it truly is. Because truly words don't suffice to express how deep and incredible this wisdom is. And so we, instead of trying to write it down for people to read it, we just want people to come in and see it for themselves and experience it for themselves. So. If you want that, we anyone really can claim that uh, 30 day trial for only one dollar. And then if they like it, they can choose to stay. So that's you can find that in our website, which is myunwisdomproject.com. Yes, wonderful. And I will have that uh, link um, on the podcast page so that people can check that out. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I've yeah, I think I think you mentioned it. I think there's something about maybe post 2012. We all kind of started feeling this 
this draw to indigenous wisdom. And so you're doing a wonderful service to humanity in, in bringing this to everyone rather than keeping it for yourselves, because I think <laughs> you could do that. You all could do that, but you're, you're following your instructions and getting it out there in the world. And, and I think out of your program, it sounds like there's a real great healing opportunity for individuals as well as uh, the collective, as well as the planet. Yes, that's would that be a fair thing to say. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, now, on the in the program, you can heal. You know, the four bodies. So whether it is you're dealing with something that's mental, emotional, whether it is you want to develop more spiritually, whether it is you're dealing with physical or material problems, those are all connected, and we tackle every single one of those, and we work on how you can develop every single one of those. So it's very holistic what we work on, and. And it sounds also very grounded, you know. I think there's so many, there's other modalities out there that still feel very head-centered and very heart-centered, but there's a grounding to this. I can just feel it as you describe it, that there's a real earthiness to this that I think would be really, really powerful. Yeah, yeah. And especially because I feel like it's it goes back to that simplicity that I was saying. Again, simple doesn't mean yeah. easy. It just means it goes back to that action and it just puts all of these deep concepts all together we explain them in a very simple, easy to understand way. And, you know, all of these things that are so in disorder, generally, we just, all of the practices for the Mayans are simple. No overcomplication, mm. no going around it, nothing like that. <laughs> for the Mayans, it's okay, here's yeah. your problem. Here's how you heal it. Start now. It'll be gone very soon. And that that's it. No, you know, you have to stand in your head and go around for years and bend over backwards and do all of these things. <laughs> it's just for the Mayans, everything is supposed to be simple, practical, and that's what wisdom really is about. So yeah, that's Wonderful. what we try to do. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Sophie. I really appreciate your coming on and, and sharing your wisdom with us. And hopefully we'll have some people that are interested in pursuing the program. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm just going to say thank you to everybody who's listening. I love that we're really learning a lot about different kinds of ways to, to come to that realization and full expression of our divine nature. So this is a really, really great, been a really, really great hour. So thank you all for coming and for listening. And I now close the spiritual forum. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about us, check out thespiritualforum.org. The Spiritual Forum is affiliated with Unity Worldwide Ministries. We're a nonprofit corporation and depend solely on donations from people like you. If you find that you're benefiting from your listening, we encourage you to donate on our website, thespiritualforum.org. Our music is by Matt Nelson. Sound engineering is by Mark Jaschelski.